Um, I have a friend who said I should continue doing some episodes on the podcast, so that kind of gave me an inspiration to start this up again. But um, yeah, this week it's about suffering. And, you know, we have been so good at avoiding suffering at all costs our whole life. Because I don't know about you, but for me, there's something within me that believes that suffering happens to other people besides me, my family, and my friends. Because for me, I'm, I'm supposed to have this perfect, safe, and comfortable life. Suffering? No, that's, that's for other people besides me and people I know and love. But what happens when suffering can no longer be ignored? When suffering knocks on your door and refuses to leave you alone? When something comes along and disrupts our perfect, safe, and comfortable life? Most of us think we know how to respond, and that is to eliminate it or ignore it. But what happens when suffering continues to knock at your door and there is nothing you can do to get rid of it? What now? What's next? What do you do when suffering knocks on your door and refuses to leave you alone? For Christians, I think suffering is a litmus test of our faith. It reveals what we actually believe. Because in the midst of suffering, the feel-good Christian pick-me-up sermons and emotional worship songs are all stripped away and all you're left with is your raw beliefs in God. Do you actually believe that God is good and in control? Or was he only good and in control when you lived a comfortable and safe life? I think if we are honest, we want the miracles of Jesus, but we do not want to carry the cross of Jesus. Right? Jesus told us to carry the cross. And some of us think that he's not really talking about suffering. No way is he talking about the worst torture device in history. No, Jesus is more like talking about wearing a cross around your neck or slap a Christian bumper sticker on our brand new car. A man named Dr. James Montgomery Boyce said this two months before dying of terminal cancer. While suffering with cancer, he said this, quote, Should you pray for a miracle? Well, you're free to do that, of course. My general impression is that God, who is able to do miracles, is also able to keep you from getting the problem in the first place. Above all, I would say, pray for the glory of God. If you think of God glorifying himself in history, and you say, where in all of history has God most glorified himself? He did it at the cross of Jesus Christ. And it wasn't from delivering Jesus from the cross, though he could have. Because Jesus said, don't you think I could call down from my father ten legions of angels for my defense? But Jesus didn't do that. And yet that is where God is most glorified, end quote. A message like the one above is rarely given from the pulpit because there is a toxic belief that suffering and death is anti-heaven. But when in fact, suffering is essential to the kingdom of heaven. We have done a terrific job at developing a theology of comfort. We have famous preachers who preach how it's God's responsibility for you to live your best life now. I wonder what our prayers would look like if we had a list of them in front of us right now. I think it would be really interesting to point out that most of those prayers are about asking Jesus to take suffering away by making our lives more comfortable and safe. Essentially, we are asking Jesus to take back the cross that he tells us to carry. We want miracles from Jesus, but we do not want the cross of Jesus. The Christian lifestyle is not about escaping suffering. It's about enduring suffering. Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And we love this verse because we think that it is about Jesus eventually reading of our suffering, which is partially true. But we make the mistake to believe that Jesus is referring to escapism. 
Jesus states that suffering is a mandatory procedure in order to be a disciple. Refusal or denial will result in an illegitimate disciple. Because Jesus says this, whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. I love this famous quote by Bonhoeffer. He says this, quote, when Christ calls a man, he bids him come and die, end quote. I'm convinced that Jesus and the authors of the Bible place a huge emphasis on suffering and dying because they have experienced its liberating effects. They know when suffering is unavoidable, it is a pathway to become more Christ-like. Because suffering is something that Jesus tells us to bear. C.S. Lewis says this about suffering. We were promised suffering. They were part of the program. We were even told, blessed are they that mourn, and I accept it. I've got nothing that I haven't bargained for, end quote. For many, The Imitation of Christ is one of the most influential books for Christian living. Author Thomas Kempis wrote this, quote, Moreover, if you do not steadily set your heart on me with a firm will to suffer everything for my sake, you will not be able to bear the heat of this battle or to win the crown of the blessed. For love of God, you should undergo all things cheerfully, all labors and sorrows, temptations and trials, anxieties, weaknesses, necessities, injuries, slanders, rebukes, humiliations, confusions, corrections, and contempt. For these are helps to virtue. These are the trials to Christ's recruit. These form the heavenly crown. For a little brief labor, I will give an everlasting crown. And for passing confusion, glory that is eternal. End quote. Instead of eliminating suffering, we should welcome it with meaning. In Paul's letter to the church of Philippi, he takes it a step further and states that suffering should be seen as a gift from God. He writes this, For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him. The Greek word for granted means to show favor. Therefore, suffering should be seen as a gracious gift, not something that should be eliminated. We have the favor to suffer with Christ. And sadly, we see that favor as a curse. I think when we try to eliminate or ignore suffering, we're telling Jesus to suffer alone, to take back the cross. We rather have your miracles and not your cross. Spiritual development is way more than just studying the Bible for right answers, going to church on Sunday, praying before your meals, not swearing or stealing. It is the endurance of taking up our cross to share in the sufferings of Jesus. I mean, what would our lives really look like if we welcomed the very thing that we've been trained to avoid? We should embrace suffering almost like a spiritual guide towards Christ-likeness. I want to end with this quote by Thomas Merton. The final step on the way to holiness in Christ is then to completely abandon ourselves with confident joy to the apparent madness of the cross. It is a twisting, a letting go, an act of total abandonment. But it is also a final breakthrough into joy. End quote. 